Grand Cam is a man's coach who assists his clients in dating, mindset, and lifestyle. I feel like religion, it sort of kind of takes you away from who you are because you're, like, you're focusing on something in front of the Bible or the Quran or, or the Torah or whatever. It's Even though you are associating yourself with the religion, it's not getting to the core of who Gavin is and who Cameron is. That's the problem. Cameron has received accolades in volunteer service, earned his master's in business, sat as president of Calabasas Toastmasters, and ran as a director of operations for a multi-unit restaurant chain that oversaw and trained 100 employees. I believe that the most important thing for me is understanding who I am. Understanding who you are, you know, what happens is you, when you create that self-identity and create that foundation. Helping people is Cameron's greatest calling and he will not stop until his brand, the Grand Mail LLC, scales to help men all over the world with their mental obstacles. This podcast is here to offer you the tools and strategies that you need to level up your life as a man in today's world. Cameron, my man, how are you today? Gavin, I'm doing absolutely well on this beautiful Tuesday morning. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Uh, I don't think it's as hot here as it is in Arizona at the moment, but uh, (laughs) yeah, We'll take that, man. You've got uh, a couple of uh, fans and air conditioners on, and I'm just sitting here with uh, windows closed, and it's 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 still cold and cool. So, yeah, peak peak summertime here in Ireland, and it's only oh, yeah. 15 degrees. But yeah, great to have you here, man. Uh, I came across your content some time ago, and I thought, okay, this is definitely someone I'd love to have on the podcast. Uh, very powerful messages. You speak a lot about uh, mindset and dating, relationships, leadership obviously traveling as well as high in your list of values but i want to sort of bring it back and start from the dating perspective because i know it's something a lot of guys at the moment are struggling massively with and i'm not too sure why maybe you can give your own perspective on that but i would also love to hear some of your own personal stories around your dating life and maybe bring it back to some of your own dating disasters and how you use those disasters to become the dating master today. So take it from there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you for having me on your platform. So beginning with, uh, it started at age 16 when I was, I was, I grew up in a, in a two parent household. My parents gave me everything I needed for, uh, you know, just living like a very comfortable life. One of the things that I realized is that as I was getting older, I started to see like a difference in, the friends I was associated with, like the friends I grew up around. And I noticed that a lot of my friends, like the guy friends I had, they weren't very well-versed in like how to talk to girls. Cause like, as you get into puberty in your teenage years, you start talking to women more, you start not, you stop to, I don't know if you guys have this phrase in, in, in Ireland, but in America, we call them cooties. Like whenever girls have cooties, like you don't, it's like, Hey, girls have cooties. Don't talk to them. And cooties is like supposed to be like germs or something like that. And you just kind of avoid them. Right. But once you get into puberty, you realize that's not a real thing. And you just, you actually go out and start being a man, which part of being a man is to go after what you want. And going after what you want is sometimes involves like dating, uh, achieving goals, like hitting your fitness objectives, whatever it is. At that age, I was, I was realizing that I had interest in, in certain women and I'll have crushes right back when I was younger. And I didn't know how to talk to them. And I remember that when I was associated with certain friends, like they weren't very helpful about it. And they would also kind of tease me about it. They're like, Cameron, you like, it it was funny because we all, we had like um, siblings, right? So my friends, they had sisters that I thought were attractive or they had like, you know, like one of the girls in the family had like a younger brother. I remember one of the girls had like a younger, super young brother. So it's just like, it was just him. It was her that I had a lot my eyes set on. And I remember I told her, I said, Hey, I like you. And I didn't know how to go from there. And I remember she said, though, I like you too, but like, we didn't really know what to do about it. And I remember I started like kind of venturing off from my friends, like in my early teenage years. And I started looking for like a new source of information to become more well-versed with dating. That's when I found somebody who lived near my neighborhood and I was just skateboarding. It was like a summer day at like eight o'clock at night. I'm just skateboarding around my neighborhood. And I see this guy and he's like, Hey man, do you remember me? I grew up, you know, I go to the same school as you. Uh, we don't really hang out. Our friends are not friends with each other, but I know who you are. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know you. Now this kid happened to be one of the popular kids back in high school. So I started hanging out with him and then he started getting me out of my comfort zone a lot and building my social skills. Cause I was pretty sheltered, but 
I wasn't like sheltered where my parents wouldn't let me do anything, but I, they never, they, I, I never had the capacity to like see outside of what was within my own, like everyday go-to life. Like I said, I had those friends I grew up with. Those were like my only friends. I had those guys. And then I had another set of friends and none of those two sets of friends I had were good with women. Meaning they would always be around women, talk to women, converse with women. And when you're not talking and conversing with women frequently, you're not building the skills of dating, right? And I have a very good relationship with my dad, but our relationship uh, in terms of like communication with dating didn't really go to an extent where like it can teach you how to do it in a modern day, like how to like as a high school kid growing up in America, because my family's Iranian. So eth ethnically, I'm Iranian, but born in America. And, you know, my dad just like explained what his background back in Iran, like how he would do it, right? In America, I felt like it was a little bit of a disconnect back from like the old countries. So I wasn't able to really connect with the women, like American women or just ethnically different of races in America. Now, ethnicity, I want to make sure that the viewers, when they watch this video, that they know that ethnicity has nothing to do with being good with like talking to women. It's just context. That's all I'm saying. So I went, I made it upon myself to go talk to that one guy who said, hey, Cameron, you don't know me. Why don't we become friends? And that's where it all started. Once I was 16 years old, I started going to high school parties. I didn't think I would ever go to a high school party because, again, I wasn't really friends with the popular kids. Then I started getting in their circle. And then I was like, oh, wow. So I, I remember I go to my first high school party and I see there's like girls everywhere. And I see there are guys and guys are talking to girls. I'm like, I've been missing this my whole life. Like, this is what I've been looking for. That's where the dating journey started. So I started talking to, talking to girls in high school. And I was surpassing all my friends that were just not like involved with women at all. Then, you know, once I get into my, my college years, I start talking to more women. And then while this is all happening, I still had charm. I still had good communication skills, but it wasn't like to be able to feel comfortable to be intimate with her at all. Like, I just didn't know how to close the deal, right? Because in sales, for example, you can be good at selling, but if you're not closing, you're not getting the money, right? And I wasn't able to close with women. I wasn't able to tell them like, you know, what happens beyond just getting your, her screen name on a, on an instant messaging platform or getting her BlackBerry username for the BlackBerry phones for back in the day, BlackBerry messenger, right? BBM. And, you know, even with the iPhone, when it came out, like, how do I get it past the phone number or how do I get her phone number? And the thing for me, what was most important Gavin was that I was so terrified of being myself in dating. I felt like I had to seek approval. I felt like I had to make sure she likes me. I, had to, I also put myself in situations where I was like letting my insecurity project more and more. And women that liked me or had a crush on me, they would stop liking me and stop having a crush on me because I was just didn't know what, what I was doing. I was clueless. Now, I use the term crush because crush is something we use back in the days when we we're younger, right? So in the States, we use that word like back when we we're like super young and teenagers. But as I grew older and older, I realized like, Cam, you got a, a lot of you got a knack for this, but you're just not there yet. So then I went on the internet because I didn't have like friends I could talk to about this. Like I would ask them for dating advice, but they weren't giving me the advice that would like propel me forward. So then I started getting into the internet and I looked up like dating advice on YouTube. And I went through about four, like three, maybe three years, like three years of just like consistent YouTube information. I paid for pickup artistry products and services. Um, then I got into this one community like the whole community called the Manosphere, where the Manosphere has like a flurry of different kinds of content creators. Like some are associated with themselves with like a pill. Some associate themselves with like pickup artistry. There's just different kinds of like tribal groups of dating that you can associate yourself with. So I went to like, you know, a few of these places and I realized that I got a little bit of everything that I thought was valuable. But even then, Gavin, I didn't have a self-identity. That was a big issue. So I'm learning these skills about how to be more attractive, but being attractive doesn't mean that necessarily you're going to be good with women. It just means that you know certain like ways of just appearing to be more attractive. But let's say you get past the attraction stage and now she wants to know the true authentic you. Where do you stand in all this? And that's where I was, I was falling short. I lack self-identity. And then part of the biggest issues I was having, Gavin, like my, 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 you know, I remember part of your question asking, like, what were some disasters you're having? My disasters is that I was compromising often and I was compromising my happiness all in the name of, you know, getting intimate with her. So that's thirstiness right there. And a lot of guys, they still have it. They think they're not thirsty, but what they really don't realize is they are thirsty. So they put themselves in compromising situations. They get themselves almost in trouble. 
They will put themselves in bad situations. They will put themselves with incompatible women. Again, all in the name of intimacy because they don't get it enough. And even though I was having enough intimate connections with women, I still lacked a self-identity. And if it wasn't, it wasn't until like, I think the, the biggest thing I learned just recently, just to sum up the, the question, my, my answer for this, the, I had a relationship that I broke up with, with a ex-girlfriend that I was together with her for seven months. And the seven months I spent time with her was amazing. But here's the, here's the three things that I, I realized. Number one, or two out of the three things were, were satisfied. The first thing was intimacy between her and I was fine. The second thing was that when we had experiences together, traveling, going go-kart racing, going mini golf, or going to the movies, going out to eat, introducing a family and stuff like that, she was fine with, she was good. She satisfied that as well, right? In terms of like compatibility in the relationship. But the third thing was on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, because we lived together at the time, what is she, how is she, how is she in terms of like a girlfriend when we're together, like, or is she cooking? Is she cleaning? Is it because I prefer a traditional, a traditional woman. I know there are men out there that look for the equal partnership thing. I like to fall in more in the masculine and the feminine because the masculinity I'm very, I harp on this a lot in my content and the femininity, I, I, I harp on them to be able to just stay in their feminine role, stay in their lane as men should stay in their lane as well. And I'm all about harmony. I don't want divisiveness. I do not want divisiveness. I don't want, and, and that's what a lot of these manosphere content creators, they do. They do promote divisiveness. They say that all women belong to the streets. They say women are this, women are that. I hold myself 100% accountable for my, my, my relationship with my ex. That things went south because I just went about it differently because I compromised my masculinity all in the name of making sure my ex-girlfriend was happy. So that's a dating disaster I had. And this is, and then over the course of time, I've just been, one again to coaching because I love giving advice. I love giving back to men and I love helping. And ever and the more I put myself out there in the world to date women and to and to record my mistakes and share with my clients, they learn from me. And it's not at their expense, it's at my expense. But guess what? Even after my ex-relationship, I still love women. I hope she's okay. I hope she's fine. I hope she finds a better man that's compatible for her. And my mindset is still staying positive. Regardless of whatever woman has put me through in the past, I hold myself accountable and I'm only looking positive going forward. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff, man. And thank you. The, uh, the compromising, I think, is, is a common trend, a common pattern for a lot of men, isn't it? They sort of uh, will compromise just to justify the relationship or justify reasons for staying in the relationship with someone that they're not compatible with. And then. Yes. 10, 20 years later, they realize, oh, fuck, um, I'm in too deep now. Can't get out. So, or they can get out, but it's, it's, a, it's a bigger struggle to get out. And do, on, on, on reflection, in your own experience in that relationship, mm-hmm. why do you feel you compromised or felt like you had to compromise your masculinity? Absolutely. Great question, Gavin. So a few things. I, all in the name of happiness, to make sure that she was happy. I didn't want to get her mad, Right. Here's the thing that I realized from mentors that, uh, that I self-reflect with, like mentors that I trust. I don't share like my struggles with, let's say I'm, if I'm communicating, like in my, ex, when my ex's relationship, I would only talk to like just literally one person about this. And what my mentor taught me was that Cameron, men are not pleasers. We're fixers. We're not pleasers. And that to me was like so striking because I was like, wow, you know, I see a correlation with me being a pleaser throughout my life. And here's the thing, my background includes a vast majority of professional experience in hospitality. Hospitality is a beautiful, uh, beautiful industry, but here's the problem with it. When you immerse yourself in making sure that the customer is always satisfied and the customer comes first, guess what you're doing? You're compromising yourself. So let's just say a customer is yelling at me, screaming at me when I'm being professional and I'm trying to calm them down. And they're like, F you, no, 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 no. Like you can't do this. You can't do that. Let me tell you something. If I was in a relationship and a woman was disrespecting me like that, I'm like, you're out of my life. I'm out of here. Boom, we're done. And if she's in my home, I'm kicking her out. If I'm at her house, I'm out. Like she's not even, I'm not going to debate and and entertain this this kind of uh, horrible conversation, right? Disrespect. But in hospitality, you have to take it. So here's the interesting, Gavin, interesting thing, Gavin. Throughout my life, I was programming myself and conditioning myself to take disrespect from 
customers who are negative with me. Now, the customers who are cool with me, everything's honky-dory, everything is fine. But when it came to the negativity, I was taught by corporate office. I was taught by like, you know, my superiors that, Cam, you know, you just got to like kind of take it on the chin and deal with them. And, guess, and that's what happens. I took it into my personal life too. So I would accept disrespect in certain areas. And here's the thing about women also, and this is just, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not a bad thing about women. It's just how women are. That sometimes they'll, they'll, they, they have this thing called slick talk. Slick talk is like, they'll disrespect you, but they're sly about how they do it. They're sly. They're not going to be outright saying, Cameron, you look really, you look really shitty in that, in that shirt. That shirt doesn't fit you well. I don't like it at all. What she could be slick about, she would say, wow, Cameron, I didn't think you'd be such, you'd dress so well for yourself. That's slick talk. You know, I had a girl tell me that one time when I was in, uh, when I was traveling in Mexico, like, I remember I saw, I came out of, uh, out of the Uber and this is like the second date that we had. Cause we're, I was, we were, we were both were traveling from different countries and I met her on the dating app. And she told me like the first date, no disrespect. Second date, I come out of the Uber and we're meeting at this like part in, uh, in Mexico. And she looks at me, she's like, wow, Cam, I thought you were just going to show up like super casual and you're going to be in shorts and you're not going to look that good and stuff like that. And I was like, why would you think I wouldn't look that good? And why would you even say that? So that's like, so there was like some slip talk that would happen in my relationship with my ex. I didn't even catch it. And the biggest thing that I'm going to share is this. When I was, I, my, my ex-girl and I, we went to Tulum and we were planning on living there for like a few months. A few months in Mexico is a big commitment. It's not like, you know, a, a small thing. You just go and travel and come back like in two seconds, right? We had to find a place to stay for three months. <laughs> One the 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 house that we found was a great house. It was through a recommendation from someone she knows. But here was the problem: even though it was affordable, and even though it was a beautiful jungle oasis in Tulum, and even though we had laundry, which is hard to find inside your inside your house in Mexico, laundry, food, like chef, private chef. A, a, a butler and all these things that were going to come and serve us and, and, and a gardener and all these pool maintenance people. The issue was that this house is an all vegan house. I'm not vegan. I'm a carnivore. I eat meat. I use animal products. I eat honey. I use butter, right? So my ex told me, Cameron, everything's great about this, but the problem is, is that it's just a vegan house. And I know you're not going to like that. And guess what? I did give a bit of a backlash towards her, told her uh, and told her, no, I don't want to go. But you know what? She started using shaming tactics to tell me, oh, why? How could you like, how could you just be so closed minded about this? And so on and so forth. Well, let me tell you something. That's in your opinion. I'm closed minded. What about my needs? What about my happiness? OK, because if I'm not happy, I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to be miserable even when we're in that Tulum house, being in a vegan house. I can't even eat like chicken tacos in it. I can't even bring stuff from the grocery store and grill steak on there. Right. So, um, I still went anyways, Gavin, again, all in the name of making sure she's happy and all in the name of making sure that she's not mad at me and doesn't argue with me and stuff like that, because I was being a people pleaser and that hospitality mentality was kicking in more and more, make sure the customer is happy. And I got wrecked for it, but guess what? I'm so positive. I'm still happy. And I don't blame her for it. I blame, I, I hold myself accountable. You know, and I'm speaking positively to myself because I know a lot of guys, they start saying, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm a simp or I'm da, 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 da. I say, you know what, Cam, you made a mistake. It's OK. Move forward and be positive. Yeah. What's interesting to me and again, well done on all that because uh, you. you got out of that relationship and that took courage, I'm sure. <laughs> but this was quite recent. And I and you do come across as someone who's been on a journey of self-growth self and progress and self-development since age of 16. However, still within that more recent relationship, there were some things that were still lacking. Oh, absolutely. So here's the thing. Like you learn more about yourself once you get yourself out there and apply, right? Because a lot of men on the internet, the manosphere guys, they're just, they're all theorists. They're literally just theorists. And then majority of the students are theorists too. And it's so funny. I get prospective clients. Like I got leads. Like I, I contact people and say, hey, man, I know I can help you out. And then I remember I, the, the prospective client I was speaking to, I told this guy, like we had two phone calls together. The first sales call that we had, I told him, like he told me his situation. He's like, he wrote, wrote me a laundry list of red flags of, of why he shouldn't be with this woman. I told him, listen, do not go with this woman because she's going to disrespect you. He's like, okay. So he dumps the girl after our sales call. 
And then he like sends me a message later and says, look, she's trying to fight me, uh, win me back. I was like, don't go for it. Do not fall for it because she's already disrespected you. She's not going to respect you again. Our second sales call comes up and then he tells me while we're on the phone, hey, Cam, just want to let you know I went back to her. I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to judge him and say, oh, you know, you're an idiot or anything like that. In my mind, I'm like, oh, you're a fool, but I'm keeping it to myself. And I just want to know what, he, why, what happened. So I'm like, okay, well, tell me about your experience so far. Oh, you know, she's been like this and she's been like that and so on and so forth. And then he says, oh, but she disrespected me again. And I told him, dude, why are you letting this disrespect happen? And here's the thing. This guy is so well-versed in the manosphere information through all this pill theory content that's out there for guys. And he's so well-versed on it. And he kept saying when he would rationalize why he went back to the toxicity, remember he's rationalizing going back to toxicity. He's not rationalizing like, Oh, here's a new girl I found. And here's an issue I'm running into. Like, how do I solve this issue? It's going back to the same trash that's been treating him like trash. So he's being the loser, just like she's a loser. He's being the loser too. And guess what happens? He, he starts telling me and theorizing and, 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 and justifying and everything he's talking about has to do with things outside of who he is. He starts talking about um, this term called monkey branching when women like swing to different men. It's like, it's like a, it's a term in the internet made up from, from the manosphere where they say, if a girl finds another dude out there, who's like more high quality, like she'll go swing on the branch to the next guy. But here's the thing. It has nothing to do with his identity. It has everything to do with like him talking about information. It has nothing like about her, her, uh, her nature to want to like uh, be a different kind of person or whatever. It has nothing to do with like what he wants. And I told him, so let me get this straight. You're basing your theory based off someone on the internet telling you how to live your life as opposed to how you should live your life. And that's what the majority of these students on the internet that get internet dating information, they just follow not what feels right for them and not having that self-identity instead of telling them what a content creator told them to do. And that's not what Coach Grand Cam does, Gavin. What I do is I, I, I look at your situation and I'll decipher and I'll say, okay, what's your end goal? Where are you trying to get to? And then the guy will tell me, okay, I would like to have a girlfriend. Say, okay, if you want to have a girlfriend, let's focus on your self-identity. Why should, what is your definition of masculinity? Why should a woman submit to you? Because at some point she's going to have to submit if you want her to be your girlfriend. Why she should submit to you? What makes you so interesting that a woman should even make you her boyfriend? And these guys, they get stumped on these questions. They're like, oh, duh, well, I don't, I. and that's the problem. And that's why, Gavin, guys like even me, for example, like I wasn't really into my self-identity. Like I had an idea of my self-identity, but I'm a student of the game, bro. Even though I coach, I'm still a student of the game and I'm still learning. Like you can always learn more, more sales skills, more dating skills, more communication skills, public speaking skills, podcasting skills. You can always learn and grow. So that's my mindset. I'm growing. And you can never think to yourself and get complacent that you know all, right? So a lot of these times, these guys get into these really bad relationships and why they don't leave Gavin is because they lack a self-identity. Their foundation is broken and they're just staying with the woman because they don't have the courage. Like you mentioned, it takes courage to break up with a girl that is not right for you. I, at that point, bro, I looked at myself. I'm like, because after my girl, my ex-girl and I, we had a really bad like argument in the morning of when we broke up. I went, I went to the gym. I got myself a haircut. And while all this is happening, I'm like, there's no reason to be in this relationship anymore. Let me just both set us apart and break us free so she can go find a guy that she's compatible with. I'll go find a girl that I'm compatible with. And we made it happen. And since then, it's been great. I'm, I'm single now. I feel free. And now I want to find a compatible woman who can compliment my life. Brilliant, man. Yeah. I think a lot of guys fall into these toxic relationships or stay in these toxic relationships. I'm just thinking about the the client that you had there who went back to his uh, toxic situation. Mm -hmm. But it's what's been familiar to these men for a long time in their lives, isn't it? You talk about broken foundations. You talk about self-identity, self-esteem, perhaps under, on, underneath that too. But this is what it was like for them in their very earlier, in the very early relationships with the females in their life, be it their mom or their grandmother or aunties or whatever it is, there was some sort of toxicity there and they begin to become conditioned in terms of, oh, this is how a relationship is to be. I've got to do what she wants me to do. I'm not allowed any freedom. I'm not allowed to speak my mind. I can't express my anger. I can't, I've got to keep this stuff to myself. And I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience here, by the way. 
So they take those experiences with them and they somewhat manifest them in their adult life through the women that come and go in their lives or maybe the woman that comes in their life and they hold on to that because it's what's familiar. But hey, man, you can do fucking better than this. You know, and something that I've also been thinking of as you're speaking about that is we create these self-assumptions that this is how it's to be, that I'm not worthy enough to have a higher standard of woman, that it's wrong for me to express my anger because when I did, did that in the past, it was met with criticism or judgment or some sort of punishment. So if I do that with this woman in my life, no, she's going to reject me too. She's going to criticize me. So we don't overstep that line and we sort of withdraw within 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 ourselves. And then we sort of, of course, become detached or disconnected from our partner. And then we find connections in other fucking futile places like pornography or affairs or something like this. So I know it's pretty deep, but is this something that you've also identified as a pattern with the men that you work with or even within yourself? Yeah, I think a lot of guys, they, like when they come to me, they are living their lives disingenuously. They just don't live it authentically. And I think that's the biggest thing. So when you when you have a foundation, you have self-identity because you need self-identity first. Self-identity creates a foundation. Once you have foundation, that's where authenticity can take place. Because if you don't have self-identity, there is no way that authenticity will ever take place. Even for me in my relationship with my ex, I was still, even though I was praising and preaching authenticity on a daily basis with her, and we would have good conversations, we would have, even when we have our fights, like we would still work it out and talk about it after and how we could have both done better, right? I was still living inauthentically because I was compromising my happiness to make sure she was happy. And that's, a, that's, a, that's like one of those low-key hidden uh, killers that can just destroy the relationship and destroy you without even you realizing. Like, imagine if I went all the way and got married with her. And I had children with her at one point, like something would hit and just tell me like, oh, I'm not in the right relationship. And I remember I was camping one time. This was, this was like one of the moments that like, I, 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 I believe in like God. So like, and I believe in the universe too. So like God and universe sent me a sign right there, but I did, but I was ignoring it on purpose because I was trying to be egotistical about it and make it work. I remember we were camping. I was with a set of friends. My ex and her friend went to go to the river and they were in, and, and my ex is, uh, was like doing some kind of spiritual practice by the river with her friend. Uh, a, the majority of the group of the, of the camping group, we were already at the campsite and we were like hanging out, eating snacks, like chilling by the fire. And I remember when she's coming back, I saw my, excuse me, my friend's uh, girlfriend, she's coming from the river too. And she goes to my, my, uh, my friend, her boyfriend and she gives him a kiss and starts sitting next to him. And she starts also like massaging like his shoulders. Like, how are you doing, babe? Like everything good. I can overhear it on the campfire, right? I see my ex-girlfriend, which is again, my girlfriend at the time. I see my ex, she walks and she just minds her own business and doesn't come to greet me. And she was gone for about like an hour. And I saw that and I looked at my friend and I'm like, damn, my friend's getting this attention that I wanted to have in, a, in, in the, my kind of relationship, like a traditional relationship. I want my girl to greet me because that's what I would do. Like I would go and greet my girl every time I came in to the apartment. Hey, babe, how are you doing? How's work? Or how was your spiritual class? Whatever. And my ex, she just stayed over there. And I remember I went up to her and I told her, hey, why come you don't greet me? And here's the thing. Like when you do that, it's just at that point, it's like when you're already months in dating and you live together, it's not going to happen. There's just something that she doesn't respect about. She didn't respect about me. And then she took my, 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 my inquiry as, as a, like offensive. Yeah, she said, why are you getting like an attack? Exactly. She took it very personal, personally. And she said, I don't like how you're talking to me like this. You know, it's got to flow naturally. And that's the thing I realized in relationships because I'm only, even though I'm a dating coach, I've been single majority of my life. And that doesn't mean I'm a bad dating coach or a good dating coach. All it means is that I just been single and it's not my job to go seek a relationship. I would like a woman to come fight for my love, fight for my uh, companionship. And I'm still pursuing women too. But you know, if you want to be, if you want to settle down with me, like you got to fight for me and, and I'm, and I'm going to give you my authentic self. I'm not going to, you know, be fake to you. I'm not going to like tell you, you can't do whatever. So I realized that at that moment, like that was my sign that told me, Cam, just break up with her before you go move to Mexico with her. 
but I didn't. I didn't listen to it. And my ego was telling me, Cam, just keep going with it. Now we resolved it after that whole thing, but it's just like a headache every time. Like she felt like every time I talk to her, I feel like we have to have like a story and, and an argument. And I was like, well, look, it's because, you know, you're not seeing eye to eye with me. And I'll just try to reason with someone who's not compatible with me. So even though I was like trying to be authentic with her, even though I was trying to be as masculine as possible with her, I was still being inauthentic because I was compromising my happiness on and on and on. And she's not, of course, going to get more attracted. She's going to be less attracted to me because I'm not following my authenticity, my happiness. Yeah. So you become resentful then. Yes, we both became resentful for one another. And um, even though, and I remember like it got to the point, Gavin, this is how bad it got. It got to the point where she said, I don't like how you talk me up in front of my, in front of your friends. I'm like, what? You don't like me to talk you up in front of your friends? Cause we were at a wedding together. She's like, I don't like how you talk me up in front of my friends. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. What kind of relationship am I in right now? And that was like the night before we broke up. And I was like, I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. Like I praise people in my life. Like if I saw you, like if we're in Ireland together, we're hanging out, we're at the bar and they're like, yo, how did you guys meet by the way? And I'm saying, oh, so Gavin, he reached out to me. We had a great podcast episode together. This guy was the shit. He was a great host, great listener and asked great questions. And, and now we're hanging out in Ireland. Like I would praise you legitimately and authentically if I truly felt that, which I do so far. And I was like, and, and I would tell him like, yeah, man, you know, I'm, by, I'm, I'm from America, but you know, now we're connected. We got that Irish American connection. And I'm praising you and I'm boosting you up. That's how I am. But when my ex told me, I don't like when you like talk highly of me, I was like, what the fuck am I in right now? Am I in like the fucking, like, am I in another dimension? Anyway, so that was just something very interesting and told me like, I'm not living in the right relationship. Yeah. And a lot of guys will overlook this. They don't even have the self-awareness to see that. They, don't, they just overlook it. Mm -hmm. So many red flags over that period of time, wasn't there? And just again ignore it and yeah maybe maybe it's me maybe it's maybe it's not her maybe i need to address some of my own insecurities or my own requests and maybe i'm coming across too strong and you sort of start to ask yourself a lot of questions and i think that instills a lot of self-doubt in you then which you carry oh with. absolutely absolutely and here's how you defeat the self-doubt and any kind of like lack of self well Lack of self-identity, you can't discover it until you have a coach to help you with this. But here's three things that I can give to the viewers that watch this episode. First thing is make sure intimacy is on point. Like make sure intimacy, you have great connection with the woman, non-judgmental, whatever kind of like interests you have to do in the bedroom with her or any kind of like PDA, like public display of affection. Like if she's into it, you know, and you're into it and she's comfortable with your sexuality and you're comfortable with her sexuality, the first thing has been satisfied for a healthy relationship. The second thing is make sure that you guys are having a, uh, a good connection when you guys go outside of the bedroom. Like when you go concerts, raves, or music festivals, or camping, or going to the, you know, hanging out with family, going on road trips, whatever it is that you guys like to do together, make sure you have that compatibility, even like music interests. I love reggaeton music, which is like J Balvin, Osuna, like all these like, and Bad Bunny, right? My, my ex, she comes from Hispanic descent, but she doesn't like reggaeton. So I can never take her to a reggaeton concert. Also, she doesn't like music festivals because she doesn't like big crowds. I'm a guy who likes to socialize and I like big crowds. And I, I'm a homebody also. I can, I can chill at home, but I like to socialize. My ex was not like that. But I compromised myself on the name of making sure she was pleased and happy. So intimacy has to be on, on point. The experiences and compatibility of music and where you guys are going needs to be on point. Not everything has to be like between you guys, but here's the thing. She has to tell, she has to tell you, you know what, Cameron, even though I don't like reggaeton music, I'm still willing to go to the concert with you. Let's go see how it is. Okay. And the, and the third thing is you got to ask yourself as a man, truly be honest with yourself. Do you see your partner as an equal partnership? Like she's like equivalent to you in terms of responsibility. So do you want to wash dishes and she washes dishes? Like, do you want to make the bed and she makes the bed? Like, what are you looking for? And there's no right or wrong to this. It's just, what do you see? It's either like this or it's traditional, which is the masculine is going to be up here and the feminine woman is going to be up there. That doesn't mean men are, you know, any better than women. It just means like, I know my role that I'm a masculine man and I'm going to stay to it. And any woman that I meet, she's going to be the feminine woman and she's going to stay in that lane. She's not going to compete against me. I'm not going to compete against her. We're both in harmony and synchronicity with one another. So guys have to understand, do you want this or do you want this?
Mm-hmm. And, and once you have those things and you got a self-identity, you're solid. What happens if you're 10 or 20 years into a relationship, you're married with kids and you discover, oh, fuck, uh, Cameron's talking about these things and I don't have any of this in my relationship. Where do you go from there? Is it just navigate your way out of there or is it okay try and work it within the relationship see if you could bring her up to your level communicate your desires so to speak or your values to her and see if you can merge this between yourselves or again where do you take it from there what sort of advice would you give to somebody who's already really invested in this relationship and now beginning to realize that it's not a compatible match Great question. So it's, it's definitely going to involve a lot more context. So I would ask her like, okay, what's her, what's her, what's her level of respect for you? Like, for example, I would get a lot of context from the guy to find out like, does she have respect? Cause here's the thing. If she has respect for him, you guys can make it work out. You can totally make it work out. 100%. Uh, there's going to be some changes. Like she may not like, like she might, you know, as human beings, we're resistant to change. So, but not me, you know, I mean, I, sometimes I am resistant, but I'm, because you and I, we both come from self-development backgrounds. Like we're very into it. So we can change like fast, like we can adopt, right? Uh, we can adapt to it. So if your partner, if she's not, if she's like being kind of resistant to change, but she's like, you know what, honey, I like the way you're coming about now. It seems you're, you know, something different about you. I like the, the energy that you're, that you're bringing to the household. I feel like this is a more in your masculine masculinity let's give it a try. Beautiful. Right. If she's the kind of girl who's going to like, where are you getting this information from? This guy sounds like he's not good for you. And he doesn't seem like he's serving you well. And like, why are you, you know, you think you could do this to me? You think you can boss me around and da, 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 all these things. And she's getting like very like defensive and doesn't want to give any opportunity to change. At that point, you got to, you got to understand that your, your happiness is the most important thing and your self-identity is the most important thing. So if that means you're going to have to separate from your lady, but still hold responsibility of taking care of your children, still be in your child's lives and explain, you know, depending on their age and everything, talk to them about what's going on, right? Be mature and be authentic about what's going on. Say, look, you know, dad is having a situation where he's just not happy with himself. And unfortunately, me and mom are not in a situation where we are feeling connected like we used to. And I realized that throughout life being married to mom, that I just wasn't truly being my, my truest self. I wasn't happy. I love you kids, by the way, I, or junior, I love you. And I, and I want to be in your life and I'll always be in your life. And I want you to know that if I'm not being true to myself, I can't be true to you. So it really depends on the age of the child, depends on like, you know, how mature they are and everything like that. And if you are a strong man, here's the thing too, like if you've always been a strong man, then your children will like understand what you're going through. Right. Because you've been instilling that strength into them as well, especially you have sons, daughters. It's a little bit of a different story, but that doesn't mean you you should lie and be inauthentic to them. Just explain to them what's going on and say, look, um, honey, I want you to one day find a truly authentic masculine man that can take care of you and, and choose the right partner. I will always love your mom. I always have respect for her, but it's better for me to like separate at this time because Again, if I'm not happy, you guys are not going to be happy. I don't want to be ever a weak father in front of you. I want to always be strong for you guys. I always want to be there for you and take care of you. And I will be at your recital, your cheerleading practice, or whatever you want me to be. I will do my best to be there as much as possible and still provide, right? And still have that harmonious relationship with mom as much as possible. That's like, that's what I would do if I was in that situation. Cause I've been in, not in a similar situation where I have kids, but like I had a situation where it was like kind of like a pregnancy scare thing. And I told myself, you know what, even though I was like afraid of the situation, I told myself, you know what, a few hours later, I thought about it. And I was like, I got to be strong. I got to be there for my child if this actually goes through. And that's what I did. I was there. I, I, and even though I don't have children and it never went all the way, whether it was true or not, whether she was pregnant or not, I have no idea. But the whole point is, is that I told myself, you know what, Cameron, after like being furious and like afraid of the situation, I said, no, it's time for you to stand up and accept responsibility. And now going more forward, I'm more careful about having unprotected sex. Like I don't, you just can't have unprotected sex with any woman. You've got to be careful. Right. So these, there's these so many things that happen throughout your lifetime. And throughout my course of like my life, I, I grew and I realized like, wow, I, 
went through so much and I have so much to give to men and help them get that clarity that they need. And I'm okay with being the guy who takes, does all the mistakes. I'm okay with that because you're paying me for that information because I want to be there to, you know, not be reckless, like be obviously smart about what I'm doing. But, but the thing is like, even during the pregnancy scare that I had, like before, you know, back in my lifetime. And, you know, even when I had like my ex-girlfriend's relationship and stuff, I realized that you got to stay strong and you got to live your life and you got to be positive. And that's how I've been helping guys get over ex-girlfriends that are toxic. That's why I've been helping guys who are even thinking about toxicity, how to stop them from thinking about saying that painting a broad stroke that all women are like bimbos and stuff like that. I've been telling, I've been helping all these guys like change the way they think because they're so, they have PTSD. They have some kind of like condition from, a previous toxic relationship, guess what? I went through all that shit just like they did. Maybe not as severe, but I went through some shit. But guess what? I'm still here pounding my fucking chest like a man and I'm positive, I'm focused, and I'm still here to live my life even when I'm going through some shit. I'm still living my life. Yeah. Loving the energy, man. Yeah. Thank you. And I can feel uh, a lot of men on the other side of this podcast taking a lot of notes right now. And uh, yeah, some massive value there. And yeah, something I wanted to sort of um, ask you as well is the is the intimacy scenario. A lot of men are afraid of intimacy, afraid of perhaps giving themselves fully to their woman, afraid to just be free and and yeah, just go wild in those situations and <laughs> have this uh, fiercely intimate relationship with someone and they're holding they're holding back and again of course there's so many other distractions and temptations that pull men away from relationships or from dating even such as porn for example and because they're not giving themselves fully to the relationship or fully to to their women or woman or fully giving themselves to the woman in the bedroom <clears throat> they're holding something back and then they go somewhere else to let that go so how do you navigate that barrier, that difficulty, that struggle of overcoming your own fear of giving yourself fully? I think the fear is perhaps a rejection from the woman, or again, there's uh, a lot of shame embedded on in that within religious context, perhaps, or within their their parents. I'm, I'm sure you've had this struggle yourself coming from a what sounds like a, quite a religious background. So... Yeah, a lot of shame and guilt when it comes to intimate situations for men. Again, I'm, I'm speaking from Ireland here, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, we've just been completely consumed with Catholicism over our childhood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's somewhat been detached. There's some changes happening at the moment, but I've come from that generation where Catholicism was beaten into me. And uh, there's a lot of fear, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame within that religion too, which again carries over into sex and into intimate situations with a woman. So what's your take on that? Yeah, great question. Well, just for context. So even though my family were Iranian, we we didn't grow up in like a super religious Muslim household. In fact, my whole family, like extending him, we're not very religious at all. We just been kind of like offered to be whatever you want to be, like spiritual, do you want to go with, whatever religion you want. So thankfully that's given me the freedom to like spearhead the mindset I have much sooner, much faster. And I like that you gave me context on the Catholicism because Catholicism and any religion in general, this is not just Catholicism, any religion, it's going to have layers and layers and layers above who you actually are to get to the core of who you are. Because religion, just like religion or any kind of school of thought you come from, it's, it's, it's all information that's I don't want to get into like a religious debate or anything like that, but it's just like, you know, religion in general takes, I feel like religion, it sort of kind of takes you away from who you are because you're like, you're focusing on something from the Bible or the Quran or, or the Torah or whatever. It's even though you are associating yourself with the religion, it's not getting to the core of who Gavin is and who Cameron is. That's the problem. Um, so me being like a spiritual guy, like I get, I'm a God fearing person. I believe in God, but I believe that, more more the most important thing for me is understanding who i am understanding who you are and what happens is you when you create that self-identity and create that foundation what ends up happening is 
when you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable in different layers, you don't have to be like 100% vulnerable, like and tell the girl immediately about your life and like everything like that. But in layers, you do it, right? You unpack in layers, just as women do as well. Women don't tell you their whole life story the first time they meet you. But here's the thing. I have women that are very comfortable with me and they share a lot of private things they should not be sharing with. Well, not should they should not be, but they usually don't share with guys until like a month in or two months in. And here's how I was able to do that. And this is in no way of manipulation. It's just because they trust me and they feel comfortable with me. I don't judge them, right? So what I learned at this one program, it was called, um, it's called Landmark. And Landmark is all around the world. It's not just in America. They have, I'm sure they have it in Ireland as well. Like they have different like, um, chapters or something that you can go to uh the what i learned in landmark is a lot of people like in life we've been conditioned to judge people right and i didn't realize how much i judge my family i would judge myself even worse judging yourself and judging others and people who didn't believe in my school thought how much i would judge them too and it was so bad and so toxic so for guys who are like let's say they've been in in religious conditioning which is not a bad or a good thing. It's just like, again, it's just, you just been through, you know, you've gone through your life and stuff like that. I'm sure religion has served everybody a benefit of some sort, right? You got to understand that like to become comfortable with like PDA, like public display of affection, or to be comfortable with like telling a girl what you like to do in the bedroom. There are different ways of going about it. But the first, the most important thing is having that foundation that telling her, look, whatever you, like if you're talking to a girl and you just look at her, you're like, hey, look, um, I want to let you know that I appreciate our connection so far. I appreciate that you and me are being are starting to get closer to intimacy. I want to let you know that anything that your heart desires to express to me, not just on a sexual level, but on non-sexual level, please share with me your truest, authentic self, ASAP, as soon as possible. And I tell girls this all the time. I say, and the reason why is because the sooner I get to know the real you, the sooner you get to know the real me, because I'm giving you the space for it. And we get to find out if we're compatible with each other sooner than later. So I always tell girls this. So that gives them that reassurance, like, oh, wow, I can trust this guy. And then now they're going to test you. They're going to say, okay, well, um, they give you a piece of vulnerable information, whatever magnitude, level of magnitude that is. And if you say, oh, well, that sounds stupid. Or you say like, oh, that sounds like fucking weird. Why would you do that? Well, you just judge her right there. Instead of saying, oh, well, let me ask you a question. Like, what made you think like that was the right decision? That's being inquisitive. That's not judging her right there, right? So then from there, you can decide, well, you know, you think to yourself, you say, you know what? I don't like how she like says that she cheated on her ex-boyfriend. I mean, I, I, would not, I would not want to be around a woman who che- has ever cheated in the past. So I would, make that say, I would make that situation and say, look, based on the facts that you've given me, I know that you're sharing something vulnerable with me, but I'm going to be honest with you. That kind of concerns me that you cheated on your ex-boyfriend. But then from there, like now you're having a different conversation as opposed to saying, well, you cheat on your ex-boyfriend. Like, why the fuck would you do that? You fucking loser. Like some immature conversation. So I'm giving her the space to explain herself and to be vulnerable with me. And when I'm giving her that space to be vulnerable with me, that also leads to her feeling more comfortable to be intimate with me because women, they don't open their legs to just any guy. They don't just kiss any man. They want to feel like you are giving them the space for them to be their feminine self and they can just release themselves to you. They can submit themselves to you. And submission only comes when you are not lying to them. I know guys get away with lying and they get submission, but that doesn't last a very long time. And the girl can smell that shit either right away or she could smell it later down the road and she's going to cut your ass off. And sometimes she keys your car. Sometimes she breaks her window. Sometimes she, you know, calls your family and says like what a piece of shit you are or whatever the hell's going on like she's gonna like try to do something to like get back at you right so always telling a woman that hey i want to let you know that i have some things that i want to be vulnerable and i want to share with you and i want you to know that i give you the space to be vulnerable with me too just by you saying that you're ahead of 99 of men that never say anything like that right so the guy will be in the bedroom with her like now we're talking about intimacy the guy's in the bedroom with her and he wants to do a certain position He's like uncomfortable on on expressing it or to move her to do because he's worried about getting judged or getting rejected. What guys can do is they can say like, he could like, for example, whisper in her ear while he's let's say penetrating her or let's say he's caressing her or kissing her. He could say like, Hey, have you ever been in this position before? And then, and then, and then he can say, I would definitely like to see you in this position. Now she says like, Oh, I've never tried it. Oh, maybe I would like it. And you say, Hey, let's give it a try. 
and then you go ahead and do it. Even before you have intimacy with the girl, like you can say, you know, like you can, there's just so many different ways of going about it. And that's what I, I, I offer my coaching. Like I help guys just get very comfortable in their, in their own skin, because before you can get comfortable in intimacy, you got to be comfortable with yourself. Like I don't mind public speaking and being in front of like crowds of people. So you think I'm going to be afraid of like telling a woman about my desires and like what I like to do? Like, no, I'm going to just tell her straight. And, and I think that's what guys need to have. Like guys need to understand that you got to be congruent and be authentic and be non-judgmental in the workplace, being non-judgmental in intimacy with women, being non-judgmental with your family, your friends, whoever, whoever you're talking to. You just, if you preach authenticity, transparency, and being non-judgmental and being genuine, then genuine and authentic women start coming naturally to you. And then when you start having these, I like to hold space for you, bro, they're going to gravitate to you so much better because now they're like, because attraction, you attract what you attract. And that's how it happens like that. You just got to hold the space for it. Like women just have to know that they can trust you with very sensitive information. Women don't want to be, don't want to be around a guy who's going to kiss and tell and say, Oh, you know, this girl, she did this freaky stuff to me and did all these things and blah, blah. And then you just tell like the whole world about like who she is and you send pictures. So I've been part of internet chat groups where guys, they have sent nude photos of the girls they hooked up with and they send it to the chat group. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, you know, back in the days, I used to think that was cool and we'd compare and stuff like that. But man, like that is an immature way of thinking. So guys need to stop doing that. Guys need to like keep their business off the streets and really keep it for, you know, between one-on-one with the woman. Mm. Do you feel that women are being devalued in today's society? That they're, I mean, just as you're, as you're speaking about, one thing that you mentioned there is like that no woman will, is just going to open up her legs and, and let you in. But some women will. And is that, I mean, I, again, we're sort of tying this in with judgment. Is that something that you need to judge in terms of, oh, hang on a second. You know, if she's that easy with me in this situation, then is this a red flag that I need to pay attention to and move away from? See, that's, that's, that's definitely could be a, a form of judgment that guys can place. Like guys will think, oh, just because she opens your leg on the first date, man, like she's a hoe. No, that's not true. That is not true at all. In fact, have you ever thought about an, a, a woman who opened her legs to you on the first date because she was really into you? Mm. What about that? She was just really into you and she was highly attracted to you. Whatever you said to her, whatever the energy that you projected to her, she was fascinated by you. And she's like, I would like this guy to be my boyfriend, right? Or I like this guy so much. I find so physically attractive. I don't want to lose the opportunity to not be intimate with him, right? So the way I perceive it is this. I don't care about a woman's past. Like I do not care about like her body count. Like none of that's relevant to me. First of all, you'll never know a woman's body count. Like actually know her body count unless you had a, like a video camera on her throughout since she was born. And like, till she's like your eight till she, you have met her, how the hell are you truly going to know? So a lot of guys, they judge a woman based on body count. They think like, Oh yeah, that woman, she looks like a hoe or whatever. I mean, look, I know there are promis- promiscuity that goes around. Like, well, I, for example, like me personally, would I ever marry a stripper I would not marry a stripper because that's just her line of work doesn't make me feel comfortable to be in a marriage with her and have children with her. Would I marry a woman who's an OnlyFans or in any of these kind of adult content platforms? I personally wouldn't do it because I, and I don't judge them. I have dated, you know, an OnlyFans girl before. I know what it's like. And I, and I told her, and I was trying to help her with her business. I was like telling her, Hey, here's how you can make more money perhaps. And she was helping me with my business. Hey, Cam, here's how you can make some more money. Here's how I get donations. And I was like, wow, you get donations from that. Let me try to get donations from this. So, you know, I, I, when I, when I, when I see like what women do, like for their career, the profession, like it doesn't matter to me in the beginning. All I want to know is like, how are you respecting me right now? And do you possess the space to be honest with me, authentic with me, truthful with me and tell me what's going on presently and how, and then what, and are you in alignment with like us hanging out and doing things in the future together? Mm -hmm. That's what, that's the most important thing for me. So I think a lot of guys, they just, they just totally, they, 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 they're just so focused on what the outside noise is and they don't think about what's going on really inside. Like if a girl, like I've had plenty of intimate first dates where women, they, they were intimate with me on the first date and I don't look at them as a hoe or an easy girl. I look at it as like, this is, in fact, this is the kind of woman I'm actually looking for a girl who's like, makes it fast for me, makes it easy for me. But again, I don't just go on dates with any woman. And I'm not trying to go on a date with a woman who's not traditional. I have rejected so many women 
in the past because they say they're not traditional. They don't like the idea of cooking a meal for their man. And I'm like, well, if you are interested in having a relationship with me, I like a woman who likes to cook for me. And if you're not interested in cooking for me, then I can't go on a date with you. And I don't go on a first date. I don't care how big her butt is. I don't care how big her boobs are. I don't care how nice her face looks. I, it's not for me. And a lot of guys, they don't think like that. They, they think they thirst. They thirst over her body and they lose their self-identity. They lose their foundation. They throw all their morals or boundaries and standards away. And then you wonder why toxic uh, guys go back to toxic women because they're thirsting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so important. And it's, yeah. Have you experienced or have you talked to men who are going through difficult breakups? <clears throat> I know you've mentioned this guy that broke up with his girlfriend or you helped him break up with his girlfriend, but he kept going back to her. But say you've got somebody who's broken away or somebody who's been broken up with. I, I, I do work with some guys who go through breakups and some of these guys who have worked with most recently, like the breakup completely destroys them. It's, it's as if that their identity ha- has been crushed or that the idea of her is is also gone. Like the, you know, it's not, not just the breakup, but the whole idea of the relationship and the idea of her is also, has also been dissolved. Do you think there's something more there in terms of the difficulties of a breakup for these men that they can perhaps navigate more efficiently, get beyond quicker in order to progress onto a new relationship? Yeah, well, definitely one thing that's going to help a lot. And the most important thing is having a strong mindset, like having that self-identity, right? But since we discussed that a lot, let me try to give a different answer as well, because that is the core number one most important thing is even when I was going through my grieving, even though when I was going through my grieving with my ex-girlfriend, because we were together and we had a really passionate relationship, even though we had our ups and downs, like a lot of ups and a lot of downs, I was able to get over the situation faster than a lot of other guys, because besides me discovering that I was inauthentic to myself and I was compromising my happiness, I'm like, okay, well, if I was compromising my happiness, I'll let me just turn that off and go back to fulfilling my happiness again. That helped me out a lot. Um, another thing guys can do is like a spiritual practice called breath work. This helps you with the, uh, with, with getting over a breakup a lot. Um, thanks to my ex-girlfriend. I give her props for this, for teaching me this, but what breath work does is that it helps you exfoliate like all the stress that you're holding in your body by like having deep breathing exercises. So it's all through the, uh, all through the mouth, nothing through your nose. So it's like, it's a, it's based on this breathing pattern that I learned. It's like 80%, uh, 80% your, your stomach, like your, your stomach area, and then 20% your chest. And then you exhale the rest of the breath out. So it's just a full on, like, it's like, so when you do that and you do that for about, you can start it for about like, like from about, I think seven minutes to about 20, 26 minutes is all you need. And when you do from any, from any point from that period to that period, you start to exfoliate again, a lot of the stress that's in your body. And what happens when you're stressed, you breathe really shitty right? You're just not breathing well, and you're not even focused on your breathing as well. So that's why a lot of people say, hey, you're stressed, take a deep breath, right? So foundation, learning that I had to not compromise my happiness. So I just turn off, turn the off switch to on switch to now be happier. Did breath work for about, I'll say it's about like three weeks. I was doing active breath work. Uh, and also when, here's the thing, I'm very, a huge proponent on dating apps, Gavin, like huge proponent on dating apps. Even though meeting women in person is still an awesome experience and getting her number or you getting, you giving her your number or whatever it is that guys like to do in the grocery store, subway, whatever, you know, at the bar, the pub, whatever. Dating apps, it, it expands your network like crazy. And then I get a lot of guys who are like, well, Cameron, it expands the girls network too. Girls have more options than ever. Yeah. Well, so do you, buddy. If you, as long take attractive photos, you have a great bio and you present yourself well on the dating app. I actually posted a, an Instagram reel about this, like just recently on my, on my coaching account. When you do that, you start to like, and you start swiping right, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, whatever is, uh, is relevant to your country, right? In America, those are like the top three dating apps, like Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. When you're swiping or clicking the heart button and you see women are interested in you and they're trying to seek you out too like they're they're looking out they're also looking for you you start to realize not that it's like it's like you should only rely on this as your point of like self-worth and like you're being validated it's more like hey you know what women 
I'm still desired in the market. Like women still want me. So when I was, when I broke up with my girl, with my girl, I went on, uh, I went on dating apps again and I'll still talk to girls in person also. But you see, the thing is like, you gotta like, when you're talking to women in person, like I don't like to dedicate two to three hours of my time just to go talk to women. I don't believe in that. I believe in just go to the grocery store. If you see a hot girl, go talk to her. Um, but in the meantime, like I'm getting like matches coming to me because I have good photos, I have a good bio. So when I swipe right, let's say for 30 minutes last night, the next morning I wake up, I got three new matches. And then I got four new matches on a different one. And then I got five matches on a different one, on a different app. And because girls are constantly talking to me, what is that doing? That's training me to get back into communication with women as a single man. So I'm constantly figuring out, okay, how do I position myself as a man that's not thirsting for these women? How do I position myself as these women to come chase after me? Because women are so sick of guys chasing after them. But there are women that love to take advantage of the situation. In fact, I encourage them to go take advantage of it because then that gets the guys to be traumatized and realize, you know what? I'm doing something wrong. And I don't want men to like hurt themselves or kill themselves over women. Like, do not do that. I'm not promoting that. I've been traumatized from breakups. I've been traumatized from women um, doing some, some things in front of me, which I wish they never did. And what I learned from that experience is like, okay, I'm taking all this disrespect. How do I stop it? That's my mindset, right? So I don't want guys hurting themselves. I don't want guys killing people. I don't want guys assaulting women or anything like that. When you get traumatized or you get in a situation where a woman disrespected you or a woman is just not right for you and how to get over that breakup, go seek out that positive information to build a stronger version of you. So now when you're here, now you're going to be here. Mm -hmm. And then you keep going up and you keep ascending, ascending. And having a coach like me, I help you find your unaware, your, the, the lack of self-awareness you have because there's you know what you know, and then you know what you know what you don't know, and then there's you know you don't know what you don't know. So I'm helping those guys like increase their know what you know to go there from you don't know what you don't know to go to you know what you know, and now you can take it to the next level. And that's what a lot of guys like. That's why they still they're so attached to their breakups because they don't understand how to move appropriately after something like that happens. You just don't have a strategy. And guys need to be strategic at all points of their lives. Yeah. Brilliant, man. Some excellent perspectives and perceptions on relationships and dating and breakups there, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I think Thank you, man. you've given the guys so much value uh, on, <laughs> Thank on you. their dating journey and their relationships and, and life in general. So really appreciate this, man. So thank you so much. And for sure, if the guys want to reach out to you, they want to work with Coach Coach Grand Cam, the yeah. main <laughs> Uh, where can they where can they find you? Where, where can they reach out? Where's the best place to get you? Absolutely. So again, guys, my name is uh, Coach Grant Cam. Uh, my full name is Cameron Hashemi, but um, you can find my Instagram at Gavin. I know you're connected to my, uh, my it used to be my old coaching account, but I have a new one. So I'm going to go follow you on my new coaching account. Yeah. Uh, my personal account is It's The Grand Cam. So I-T-S, The Grand Cam. My personal, or excuse me, my coaching account that I'm like posting just coaching content now. I'm not going to post any coaching content on my personal one now. My coaching content is literally the name. Uh, there we yep. go. <laughs> Coach yep. Grand Cam on Instagram. So if you just type in literally Coach Grand Cam, you'll see my name. And um, that's where I'm posting all my reels from now on. Like everything coaching related will be there. But if you want to follow me on my personal account, I'm more than happy to uh, have, accept the follow as well. Sweet man. And yeah. I got it. Can I say just a little bit more uh, as well before I, I should have, I should have said it a little bit. There's a little bit more. Uh, I also have a TikTok channel, uh, which I'm, it, you can, which is it's the grand cam. I can't change it for another 30 days. So you can find me on TikTok. It's the grand cam. And my YouTube channel is uh, coach grand cam as well, which you can find on my link tree, which is on my coach grand cam Instagram account. So guys, all my links is on, on the coach grand cam Instagram. You'll see everything. Brilliant, man. Yeah, this has been epic. And I will <clears throat> add all those links below. I think you came across your coaching profile today. So yeah, hit me up on that. Send me the link and I'll, as I said, add it below in the show notes. Guys can check you out and go and fucking sort them out with their dating lives and relationships, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And one last thing I have to say for anybody, um, you know, I don't know where the audience is from like Gavin's podcast. First of all, Gavin, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate your energy, dude. I can't wait to come uh, to Ireland. Now I got a homie in Ireland I can hang out with and go to the mm -hmm. pub and you can show me around and we can sing yeah. songs and stuff at the pub and everything, right? You guys do that, right? Dude, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So um, one last thing I'm going to say to uh, if there are any viewers that are from any, even in around the world, 
if you or even in America, I have a summer retreat coming up for Labor Day weekend, which in America, that is from September 2nd to September 6th. That's a Friday to a Tuesday. Um, that weekend, I'm having a summer retreat. We're talking about dating, mindset, lifestyle, spirituality, like all these different things were to make you an all around balanced human being. So you can be that masculine man. And we're going to go out. We're going to you know, help you with like talking to women. There's just going to be a, a really great experience. This is located in Phoenix, Arizona. If you're interested, please send me a direct message. And I would love to have you guys. Uh, and you can talk about whether you feel like you're a good fit for the, uh, for the retreat. Sweet, man. That's brilliant. Yeah, well done, man. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, Appreciate it, man. Yes, we will be in touch. And uh, <laughs> look out for some selfies of me, me and Cameron in uh, some pub in Ireland sometime soon, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And you're welcome to America, man. You come to Arizona, bro. I'm telling you, Arizona is lit. It is freaking lit. Have you been to Arizona before? Well, I haven't, haven't ventured in America. I've only been in Florida when I was in when I was 16, I think. So yeah, I've got a lot of love. Oh, you got a world tour in America to do, bro. You got to go to Miami. You got to go back to Miami. You got to go to like, uh, Arizona is really fun. Hit up Texas too, but Arizona is, is something else, bro. It's, it's a really fun state. A lot. It's a very underrated state. A lot of people think it's like boring. It's a bunch of old people there, dude. They have great young life. In fact, Arizona state university was ranked as like the hottest, I think the hottest women of campus is, or the best parties uh, in America where it's and like playboy even ranked it as like one of the like most beautiful women that live in, uh, Arizona state university. So Gold. go figure. <laughs> now I understand why you're there. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank Jack. you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern warrior podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.